The Start On On Demand. Hi there, it's Brett, and it is time for the era of the start. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, Loren McNabb, joining us from Global Television, 18-year television veteran journalist. We are so excited to have her. And today on the podcast, you're going to hear us talk about walking in to the wrong washroom. Whoopsie daisy. Also, we'll check in with Global's Reggie Cicchini on the latest troubles for Trump as he is faced with a double whammy. Two of his former colleagues in serious trouble with the law. We're going to check in with Uber Eats launching in Winnipeg this week. We'll speak with the boss of Uber Eats, looking to bring some competition to skip the dishes. Taz Stewart from Poulin's Pest Control is here to tell us about how the wasps are bad and they're only going to get worse. And finally, you may have heard about this crazy idea that a guy in Spokane had to put box fans on top of houses and buildings to blow all of the wildfire smoke back into Canada. Well, we tracked him down and we talked to him and he's a funny guy. You'll hear that conversation on the podcast today. The start, Mackling, McGarry and McNabb on 680 CJOB. Time to have coffee and talk. We've got Kelly Moore in the house. Shanalee Vidal is here. Clay Young and Jeffrey Fortier. And Greg, when you got to go, you got to go. We're not talking about going on a trip either. There are times when you really need to use the washroom, but it's full. What's even worse is when the opposite gender bathroom has no line. Take a peek over there. You're stuck waiting for what feels like an eternity. And you have to wait your turn at the stall or, you know, at the at the urinal, if we may use that word this morning. Have you ever accidentally or perhaps on purpose used the wrong washroom? So we're going to have coffee and talk about that. I myself, just very quickly, I was in Bell MTS Place for Flatlanders Beer Festival in June. And I went into the washroom and I was kind of confused because I thought, where are the urinals? <laughs> and I quickly realized that was not in a men's washroom. And I thought, come on now. I did not, I didn't read it wrong because I have done that in Las Vegas. There's an Irish pub in New York, New York. And I walked into the women's washroom by accident just because I, I, I my faculties may have been slightly interrupted <laughs> by activities that were happening in that Irish pub. But at the beer mm. fest, I was sure I walked in the men's room. Well, what they had done is they had, because it was a beer fest and most of the patrons were male, they had swapped out some of the women's washrooms and just made them men's rooms for the day. Well, some but people, I was very, I was, I thought, <laughs> what is going on? Brett was discombobulated. <laughs> and so what happens, right, is is sometimes we make those decisions on our own, either intentionally or by accident. Kev, the garbage man, sent us a text. He said, yesterday I was at Safeway. There were three dudes ahead of me. I looked over at the woman's washroom. He said, there was no line there. So in I went. And I confess, I do that in this building sometimes too, because w- our breaks are only so long. Right, but I would bet more men, choose, if they were making that choice, would choose to go into the women's than women's into the men, depending on the time of night. Like, I know if I go into a men's washroom later at night, it's going to be filthy and dirty, uh, you know, at the end of a social or all the rest. It's just oh, gets a little, come Yes, on. no, it's way more, it's like the episode, there's an episode in The Office from years ago where they, like, paid for the privilege to go into the women's washroom because it was nicer. 
Women, more men would choose women. Sometimes there's couches and stuff in ladies' rooms, right? That's what they say. It's a, what do you I'm mean, not telling that's what you. They I'm say. not telling you. It's a. One of, oh. it's, the, it's the magic of the woman's washroom. There's even a washroom <laughs> at a very famous restaurant in this city, a uh, women's washroom, where there's a two, a one way mirror so that the ladies in the washroom can keep an eye on their guys in the lounge. They can spy on them from inside oh, the women's washroom. That's yeah, creepy. Completely <laughs> true. But women get the red carpet, Kelly, when they walk into a guy's washroom. If you walk into a woman's washroom, you're not even going to get across the threshold. Hey, get out of here! <laughs> well, I guess it all depends on what facility or what event you are at. Uh, here at work, I know there's a lot of times, like you say, time's tight. And you look around. God, I hope I don't get busted coming out of here. Yeah. I remember one time Randy Parker, who used to do the Power 90s, she caught me. And the one down by the FM studios there, I thought I was going to lose my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's way tougher than I am. Yeah. And yeah, and, and, and so, you know, that kind of, for a couple of weeks after that, I decided I would, uh, you know, kind of wait till the men's washroom opened up. But uh, then, of course, the fear subsides and you go back to committing you get a brave sin again, again, right? Yeah, exactly. Shanna Lee, what about you? Have you ever walked into the wrong washroom? Uh, n- not on purpose. Uh, when I was in Manchester, England a few months ago for the Roller Derby World Cup, there was thousands and thousands of people there, right? Because you have all these teams and fans and officials. And most of them were women, probably 75% were female, right? Maybe even 80%. They had two washrooms, one for men, one for women. Two washrooms. Wow. So what happened is that the women's washroom got pretty full. It got pretty grindy. Uh, a lot of those, a lot of the toilets uh, broke because uh, contrary to what Loren said, uh, those were, women not that were not that clean. Okay. And the lineup was impossible. And these, the, you know, these skaters needed to get on to their next, their next game. So they made the men's washroom into a, a gender neutral washroom, which was great. So we'd have men using the urinal and uh, women going in and using the stall. And it was pretty good because it was good for the men because a lot of them would, would, wouldn't need to use the stall and they would just be in and out really quick. So it was great. And I could use the same bathroom as my boyfriend and we could wait in line together. It was oh. awesome. Aww. Clayman, what about you? Oh, it's happened to me many a time. <laughs> How did you know? How did you know? Let me me just say that, you know, some of the places I've visited, you know, when you're turning the hallway, it's dimly lit. uh, And so you're kind of looking and the symbols are a little confusing. It's not just black and white here. Men, women, they get these weird symbols. So you walk in and. Okay, like uh, it's like an IKEA catalog. Yes, and you go. Manual. Okay, where are the uh, where are the urinals? But one thing that has embarrassed me more than once in this building, uh, you know, timelines, and you got to get in and get out and get back and do what you got to do because you're fighting the clock. Uh, I forget to lock the door half the time. <laughs> and, you know, you're racing in there, you're doing your thing, and all of a sudden the door opens, and, oh, sorry, Clayman. <laughs> Forte. Oh. Yes. Well, for me, I used to work at a box store, a big uh, box store, and I've had to clean both bathrooms. So going on what Loren said about cleanliness... I could tell you, guys are more dirtier. Mm. The bathroom Thank is you. much more dirtier. Yeah, uh, fine. Yeah. I, I've had I've, to clean I've them. I've both. seen them. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, my story about I used the sink was at Oktoberfest at the convention center. I don't know. I would have been in my early 20s. And the lineup, and I felt bad for the women in line because their lineup was always 50 deep. Yeah. And the guys would 
sometimes have a lineup, but not quite that deep because, as Shanley pointed out, most of the time it's in and out. So I'm in the stall, and all of a sudden I hear this... And it's this it's this girl who's yelling at me, hurry up in there, get out! And then the guy starts chanting, use the sink, use the sink, use the sink! There's like 50 guys in the washroom. Oh, I, I don't know if she did, oh. but as you pointed out, Greg, she got the red carpet. She was welcomed in there. Oh, yes, absolutely oh. no question. I found myself in the wrong washroom or restroom, as they call it in the United yes. States, at the old Chicago White Sox, Sox Stadium. They call it U.S. Cellular Field at the time. And I did, uh, yeah, I had uh, quite a complete experience in there. I walked out, washing my hands, and these ladies looked at me as if I was from outer space. I walked out, I looked at the big W on the door, and realized I'd been in the wrong space for mm, at least seven minutes. Oh, boy. Yeah. Good. So mm-hmm. That's why I like the gender-neutral bathrooms. Now. I think it's going Everybody that way. Everybody gets to use yeah. them. Not a big deal. Yeah, I think it's the way to go. <laughs> President Donald Trump is dealing with a perilous time in his presidency after two one-time members of his inner circle simultaneously were found guilty of criminal charges. Trump's former campaign manager, pardon me, chairman, Paul Manafort, was convicted yesterday of financial crimes. And at almost exactly the same moment, Trump's former personal attorney, his mop-up guy, Michael Cohen, pled guilty to eight felonies, including campaign finance violations that Cohen said He carried out in coordination with, quote unquote, the candidate who everybody believes to be Donald Trump. With more on this, we are joined live from Washington by Global's Reggie Cicchini. Good morning, Reggie. Good morning. This is uh, probably one of the days that we'll look back at some point and say, do you remember where you were when you heard about this? Absolutely, except that's not what you're going to hear from anybody in the Trump campaign or Trump world today. Look, this all happened yesterday afternoon. Very few people in the White House made any mention of it. Donald Trump held a rally in West Virginia last night, didn't say a word about Manafort or Cohen. Today, the White House schedule is out. All he has is a lunch with somebody, and he's handing out a Medal of Honor later this afternoon. We don't even have a press briefing on the schedule, so it's, uh, it's all quiet on the Washington front right now. You know, Reggie, a lot of people are speculating what this could mean for the U.S. president. Uh, Different headlines saying this could spell disaster for him. Is that the mood there, though, that this is finally what it could take to uh, impeach Donald Trump? Well, I mean, it depends on what side you're talking to. If you're looking at the Republicans, they're simply looking at this saying, look, these charges have nothing to do with what the special counsel had originally said. There's no Russian collusion mentioned in any of these cases right now. So why are we putting any focus on it right now? There are other things that we need to deal with. Democrats are really tiptoeing around this because they don't want to throw the impeachment word out there too quickly because it might rally the GOP to protect the president as we head into the midterm. So I think you're going to see things, you know, walking lightly along these eggs shells of saying, look, if we get some power in uh, November when midterms are over, possibly we can start this impeachment process. But I think it's something that they're going to keep under mind right now, because remember, a sitting president can't be indicted. So impeachment is the only thing that they have to move forward with. You mentioned the November elections. Could these events have an impact on those? 
Well, I, I, I think it might. Right now, you, you've got a lot of people who are rallied up saying, look, let's not pay attention to this or let's pay attention to this. Give it a couple of days and you'll see people kind of retreat back into their tribes. You know, the, the GOP will fall under and say we've got to, you know, protect the House and protect the Senate. And then going forward, Democrats are going to say, look, this could be an opportunity for us to make some gains. There's already a chance that they're going to, uh, you know, collect a lot more when it comes to uh, the House. The Senate is, you know, it's up in the air right now as to whether Democrats might make some gains or take some losses there. So going forward, we'll see how this plays out. Uh, you know, it also depends on what happens with other candidates that are running for seats in November as well. Reggie, what is the situation? I've heard various opinions in the last, oh, 15 hours or so about the legality and where this whole idea of where a sitting president cannot be indicted. It seems to be more of a policy than a law. Can you straighten that out for us? Well, I mean, constitutional and legal scholars, uh, they're, they're kind of conflicted on this. If you go way back to the framers, uh, it simply says that a sitting president shouldn't be indicted because a president shouldn't be put under the kind of, uh, you know, glove of the ordinary person's law. And you'll have people who argue with that saying a president shouldn't be indicted because then it basically puts a hamstring in the, you know, operations of day-to-day government and it ties up the president from doing what he needs to do. That's why the impeachment police uh, proceedings are put there so that the president can be, you know, uh, under scrutiny. And then once he's taken from office or steps down from office or is voted out of office, uh, then, you know, actual indictments can move forward. Former uh, U.S. Solicitor General uh, Neil Kettle is calling this, you know, a very big deal, saying that he's been directly implicated. But it sounds to me more like this might be something that uh, Trump and his team and Republicans well, from what you're saying, Reggie, uh, will try to ignore or pretend like it's not a big deal at all. Of course they're going to. I mean, look, the president's really been distancing himself from Michael Cohen over the last couple of months, saying, you know, he was my lawyer. He did some stuff for me. I haven't talked to him in a couple of months right now. And you have people like Rudy Giuliani who are already out there saying, look, Michael Cohen has been spewing lie after lie for the last couple of months. Everything he says now he's contradicting. He's not somebody that we can trust. Let's move beyond this and kind of look towards the issues that we need to be focusing on. It's going to be a big spin factor over the next couple of days, especially if Michael Cohen does end up cooperating. You know, it, this this uh, plea deal that he's in right now doesn't say anything about cooperation, but that could be something sealed. It could be something under the table right now, or it could be something that he decides, you know what, I'm going to use this chip for cooperation because I don't want to spend five years in jail. Reggie Giacchini joining us from Washington, D.C. Uh, Reggie, last one before we let you run here. I have to ask you, does this situation not really highlight the lack of leadership on the Democrat side? There's really no go-to spokesperson on something like this. Well, I mean, there's the Democrats right now are trying to figure out what they want to do moving forward. There are some Democrats saying, look, leadership right now needs to be changed because it's an old way of thinking. and We need to move forward where there are others saying, look, we need this leadership in place because they've been through this. They've seen the wash, rinse, repeat cycle go forward before we need to leave things go. The Democrats are in a tough situation right now. They need leadership, but they also need new leadership. And, you know, over the next couple of days and weeks, we'll see what the reaction is to what's happened now and how they can either use this or or try to just use it as a little bit of leverage going forward into November. All right, Reggie Giacchini, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We appreciate the time. Thank you.
You are soon going to have another reason to eat dinner at home. Uber Eats is launching in Winnipeg this week. In fact, today, the concept is similar to Skip the Dishes with meals from local restaurants delivered straight to you. So to tell us more, we're joined live on 680 CJOB by the head of Uber Eats Canada, Dan Park, his name. Dan, good morning to you. Good morning. How so, are you doing? Doing very thanks well, Dan. Well, thanks for joining us today. So how many restaurants have signed on to Uber Eats in Winnipeg? Uh, we've been super excited by the uh, by the support that Winnipeg has given us. Uh, we've we've uh, signed on initially over 100 restaurants, and we're planning to obviously get more and more as we continue to grow and expand in, in the city. Now, the first question, Dan, that jumped up in my mind was the question of, do your drivers face the same insurance issues that we've been hearing about what might be preventing Uber itself from coming to Winnipeg? Uh, no, we've actually worked closely with with the province, and uh, we're we have all the uh, insurance and the uh, regulatory approvals necessary to drive uh, uh, food delivery, uh, and we're continuing to work closely with the government in order to get ride sharing as well. Now, this will be the first competition for Skip the Dishes, which is a made in Winnipeg company. What what does Uber Eats offer, in your opinion, that Skip might not? Uh, so we've uh, we're actually we're we're started in Canada as well. Globally, we launched uh, out of Canada, and so we're we're very much a Canadian story. And so we're excited to to continue to expand across the country. Um, we believe that we've got uh, uh, great selection, reliability, and speed when it comes to food delivery. It's super important to us to make sure that we're getting you really hot, fresh food uh, as as quickly as possible. But and at least one restaurateur is very excited about. Uber Eats saying that your fee structure as it pertains to what you charge restaurants is a little bit friendlier than Skip's. How does it work? Like what do restaurants pay you or do they pay you? Uh, yes. So they, they do pay us. Uh, so it's a fixed fee uh, that, that restaurants pay us, but it's very transparent. Uh, there's no hidden costs. So we, we charge one flat percentage and, uh, and uh, they're off to the races. And what do I pay as a consumer, Dan? What's the additional cost to me if I'm using Uber Eats to get my food? Yeah, so it depends on where you are in the city, but uh, the delivery fees can be as low as two ninety nine, uh, and uh, you can expect uh, food to arrive uh, quickly and, and, and reliably to, right to your door. What about tip? Uh, is gratuity included, or do I tip the driver? Uh, that uh, tip is tip is optional, but uh, it's it's all depending on the service you receive, just like you would in a restaurant. Now, one thing I notice on other uh, companies that do this, the tip part becomes it's already already included. So if I don't check that off on the website, like if I say I don't want to pay the tip via my credit card, but I want to do it at the door, is that is that an option? Because sometimes you can get roped into yeah, be- kind of double tipping. Yeah, no. The beauty of Uber is that you actually do it after you receive the service, so you get your food. Uh, you can do it within a couple hours, a couple of weeks. Uh, if you decide to tip the driver, uh, it, it's after it's no mandatory tip, and you do it after you receive the service. The term scare, "skip the dishes" for many people in this city is it's like part of the vocabulary. Oh, I ordered it on Skip. Like it's it's just it's they don't they don't say I got takeout, I got delivery, I got it on Skip. So for like it's firmly entrenched and ingrained in many people in terms of the, their eating habits. So how does Uber Eats plan to to sort of combat that to try to to get a foothold in this market? Yeah, I think having another option is always great, not only for consumers but for for drivers and for restaurants as well. I think competition is a healthy thing. We're really excited to to get into Winnipeg. I think 
the amount of support and outreach that uh, we've gotten from both both drivers, uh, restaurants, and, and consumers has just been really welcoming and incredible. So we're, we're very excited about launching. Uh, I think for us, we, we again, we, we, we are built on the Uber platform, which all, is all about speed, speed and reliability. And so we're excited to, to get into that market and offer consumers a, another option. All right. Hey, Dan Park, head of Uber Eats Canada. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We very much appreciate Thanks. the time. Yeah, we, we launch officially tomorrow and looking forward to, to, to offering Winnipeg that uh, Uber Eats service. Oh, it's launching tomorrow. You got it, yeah. All right, perfect. Thank you so much, Dan. Glad you clarified that for us. I, I thought it was today, but I don't know how to read a calendar, I guess. So sorry about that. My head, we weren't. We were working yesterday, but we weren't doing the show. It's all cat, raining cats and dogs. I'm all confused. <laughs> Taz Stewart is here from Poolin's Pest Control because if you think wasps are bad this week, just wait until next week. Say it ain't so, Taz. It's just going to get worse as they get closer to fall. Wasps lose their natural food sources and they're going to start looking for your beer, pardon me, your pops on your decks, uh, your, your food, your hamburgers, hot dogs, you name it. Uh, they'll, they'll be bugging you and they're more aggressive this, this time of year. Especially. Do they like beer more than pop? I like beer more than pop. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. It's the sugar, right? Whatever. It's all about the sugar, yes. It's all about the sugar. Why are they more aggressive? It feels like they're really... I was camping last week, and we every meal we had outside was delicious, but we ate it as quickly as possible, and we even had those little rackets that you can buy that, you know... <laughs> Like electrocute the wasp or, or what? It was bad. Yes. And it really felt like they were coming at you. What's kind of urging them on this time of year? They're losing their natural food sources, i.e. the flowers. It's been a droughty-ish year, so those things are disappearing sooner. So, again, they're looking for other food sources. They want to survive the winter, which, of course, they don't. They die in the nest. The new queen is pushed out later, uh, later September. She finds an overwintering spot and then makes the new nest next year. So those old nests will, of course, die wherever they are. So she needs to go into the winter... Yeah, winter modes, finds a nice place in your garage, shed somewhere that doesn't get too cold, below zero degrees, so it's important. But I was looking for the carbohydrates, the sugars, the proteins, that's what they want to be bringing back to the nest to try and keep their nest alive. So this is a good time to get them now, Taz? Like, if you're going to get rid of a nest, to seek it out and to destroy it, is this as good a time as any? You, you betcha. Better earlier in the year, of course, is best to knock it out with either a foam or a powder or a dust, depending on uh, uh, what's... Where the nest is, it's in the ground. Use the dust because the dust goes back in and out. And wasps are social insects, meaning they'll talk to each other, they clean each other off, so that will kill the nest very rapidly. If the nest is free-floating, you can use the foam. It sprays about six, eight uh, feet out, so you can protect yourself. And don't do it during the day. Uh, that's the worst time because all the drones are out flying around. Do it at night. Take a flashlight, put it over to the left or right of you. They'll come out to the nest to the light instead of you, and you just spray down the nest that way too. Hmm. And, of course, we'll do it during the day because we're insane. So well, is it bad then to to instead to try to draw them out? Like because I remember I had a nest uh, on my house and I just went out at night and I unloaded the can and then I ran away. Screaming uh, like school. None girl of them. No, yeah, <laughs> none of them came out, uh, but I, they were all dead on the ground the next day. Yep. That's... So, but you're saying draw them out with a flashlight? Well, if you're spraying at the time, there's always going to be one or two that will you'll miss and they'll they'll come to you instead of the light. So. You want to hit, have that light there as an alternative source, so they'll hit the light instead of yourself. What is the current best solution, home remedy, or sort? Of, you know, you go to a patio, and I've seen people post different things: dishwasher or liquid soap in water. One even had, I think, a sausage hanging over it to attract them. What what works to keep them away what from works, your table? If you want to take a two-liter bottle, cut the top off, invert it, 
put the Coke in, the root beer or whatever, that, and put it over in the corner of the deck. That you get some attracted there. Uh, we do have wasp rescue bags. They're a great little pheromone that attracts lots of wasps. You put that, again, in another spot where they're going to get. But you're not going to get all the wasps. That's the reality. These guys are jerks. I always call them jerks because <laughs> they want your food. They want your drink. Always look in your can if you got. Make sure you're not just swallowing a wasp. Getting stung in your mouth It's not going to be a fun thing. Where do they fit? In terms of the food chain, like are these critical parts of the food chain? Like if we start killing the wasps, is it the same as as killing off bumblebees? Are we going to be messing with something that we shouldn't be messing with? At, at the end of the day, they are a beneficial organism. They do pollinate, so they have a purpose in making new plants, vegetables, etc. If we knock them completely out, we would be knocking down some, uh, you know, pollination. Is there any truth to like if you take a swipe at one? They can or make you, it angry or, or something. They can or they can sense the direction the attack came from, and then they can go back to that. Have you ever heard something like that? Yeah, they've got an alarm pheromone. So if you get all crazy and go ah, do that crazy dance, that gets them excited and riled up, and they'll actually attract more wasps to you. To get oh, to good. Get in, so. so while the wasp is on my skin, I'm to stay still. Relax. Oh, good. Calmly walk away from the problem. But you just told me they're getting more aggressive, and there's more coming next week. Yes. <laughs> no, this dust you were talking about. So this is if, for example, like I'm standing in front of my buddy's place about 10 years ago. We're trying to figure out where these wasps are. And then we see them coming out of the crack in the sidewalk by his front step. So you're saying don't use a foam for that. Yeah, you're use not a dust. Get the nest. What, yeah. what is this dust you're talking uh, about? It's, it's a py- pyrethrin-based dust. So what it does, uh, you spray it around the hole where you're seeing them coming in and out. Again, it gets on them. They bring it back into the nest, and the nest will be killed in a short period of time. So that's the best way to go because you're not going to hit the nest with a foam. So if you're sitting on a patio and you're trying to enjoy your pizza, I mean, you joined us last year at Santa Lucia on St. Mary's for Patio Palooza, and they were out there. But if you're trying to enjoy your meal, should if you swat at them, is that going to make them angry too? Yes, but if you got, you're talking about the electric uh, racket, you're going to kill them. So no wasp uh, warning uh, pheromone getting released from those guys. Yours is zapping. you got to get really good with it, though. It's harder than you think to get those guys. Oh, Do you, you sell like- those? Uh, we used to. I'm not sure if we do anymore. Okay. <laughs> we got oh, all the other stuff, though. Are they marginally effective? Or if you're good with it, can it be a good way to get rid of them? It improves your backhand. Yeah, exactly. You <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Not worse this year. You know, you always have that perception that every every time you feel like they come out, you're like, this is the worst year ever. Is it fairly normal just earlier in the year? Last than- year, we had over 1,850 calls for nests. And right now, we're about 1,200 calls. So we're getting there. And there's still another couple of months to go here. You had so. 1850 in total? Total for the year. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, it is a bit drier this year, is it not? Yeah. Than last last year? year was a fairly dry year as well. So we're seeing similar conditions and I have similar expectations of numbers. Can I mark a date on my calendar for when I, <laughs> you know, can no. say goodbye to these so-called jerks? Yeah, when it snows. When it snows. <laughs> oh, Got it. Yeah, so then you won't be eating outside anyway, Anyways, right? Yeah, That's exactly. the downside. Is it my perception or was it an earlier season for them to begin with in terms of wasps? I feel like we spoke to you back in April or May when yeah. it was just starting to get nice and it was like, the wasps are here already. It feels as though we've been dealing with them all summer long. Yep. Checkmark, you're 100% correct on that one. It has been earlier and it's even earlier for the aggressiveness. So usually, you know, late August you get the normal, hey, I'm running out of food sources, look for your dinner in your, on your backyard. No, this year it's a little earlier. But no mosquitoes, so we'll take it. Yeah, no water, no mosquitoes, yay. And remember, <laughs> they're good for the environment, supposedly. <laughs> the wasp is good, people. At what point should somebody call Poulin's Pest Control when it comes to a wasp situation? Well, if you're 
hyper allergic or anything or you're scared to do it yourself, yes, give us a call. We'll come in. We'll do the treatment. Then your wasps will be gone, at least in your backyard. If you know where the nest is, we can do, we can help you. I got a text here real quick. Is it true that wasps are not attracted to LED lights? Yes and no. There's dis- different spectrums. So I, I wouldn't use a, a insect light trap to use it to attract them. So. What about sound? Do they set up any effect? Not a whole bunch of sound products that I know of that actually will repel wasps. Is it mosquitoes that that you can chase them away with sound? It's lots of people like to use them for mice, the sound repellers. If okay. there's not mice living there now, yes, they'll work. But if you have mice established in a, a home or a building, it's not going to work. They'll stay there and wait. Okay. Yeah. Well, Taz Stewart, Poolin's Pest Control. What's the phone number, Taz? 233-2500. Thank you very much. Everyone knows it. <laughs> and the website, poolins.ca. Taz- you got to sing it. Two three three two five zero zero. No fooling with poolings. Loren, right. you want to finish us off? Here? I think you told me your big piece of advice in radio was to never sing on the radio. <laughs> yeah, so you can't those fool. Pests away <laughs> today. Okay, so you can. Bye. <laughs> had a, sm- a few smoky days here in Winnipeg, to be sure, but nothing like what they're facing out west in the Okanagan and the northern United States. So fed up in Spokane, Washington, that some residents have vowed to find a way to send it back to Canada. <laughs> okay, so they created a Facebook event. It's set for this Friday, and it's calling for the city's roughly 550,000 residents to all work together and place at least five box fans on each and every roof. They think if they aim them towards northeastern Canada, the Post says it will send this smoke right back to those Canucks. Caleb Moon is one of the folks behind this Facebook event and joins us from Spokane, Washington now. You're sitting in your living room. The smoke is bugging you. How bad is it when you come up with this idea? So we came up with this idea on Sunday. Um, it was actually, I think the air quality rating was like over 350, which is pretty bad. Uh, we were told to stay indoors that day. Uh, since then, it's actually cleared up quite a bit, but it's still pretty bad out there. So you thought, let's put, let's get everybody in Spokane together and put some fans on the roof? <laughs> so it started off as us not being able to turn on our air conditioner because it would bring smoke in through the window. Uh, so somebody just being silly said, We'll just put this fan outside and blow it away from the air conditioner. Then we'll have clean air coming in. That so sounds pretty just brilliant. Kind of being, uh, <laughs> just kind of being goofy about it. We're like, well, let's just get everyone to blow their fans. Let's <laughs> blow the smoke right back out. But obviously it was uh, just a silly, silly deal between friends and somehow escalated into this. I've noticed you've since had to actually add to your Facebook post, um, warning, strong satire below, getting a little feedback from people who might have taken it a bit too seriously, just to be set the record straight. This is this is a joke. You, you don't actually expect putting fans on the roof is going to save or push the smoke back to Canada? <laughs> no, absolutely. It's, it was 100% a joke from the beginning. Uh, yeah, the fact that people took it seriously, it's pretty crazy. Um, I'm kind of speechless this, at this point about it. It's, it's insane that I'm even talking to Canadian radio shows on the phone now. <laughs> so maybe this is to... I mean... Go ahead, Caleb. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I, I just like I, I just never would have expected this to happen. It was supposed to be just a, a small joke on my Facebook, and yeah, it's it's crazy now. So uh, I, I think maybe it, it just uh, is a, a litmus test for the for the relationship between Canada and the United States right now. I think we're on high alert that everybody is against us, you know, because you know, the president doesn't seem to like us very much. So we figure that trickles down to the entire population. Uh, so I don't pay much attention to the political things going on right now because it's kind of not worth watching, I think. Uh, so I had no idea that there were there were tensions between us. So and now, yeah, I guess now I can understand why people are upset. <laughs> now, there was also, wasn't there uh, some return fire from some Canadian uh, people who were having fun with this as well? Something about uh, using vacuums, I think, to suck up the smoke. Did you see anything about that? Yeah, there was an event. I think uh, people were going to turn on their vacuums <laughs> to suck the smoke away. And then there was actually an, another town that was going to aim their fans right back at us uh, in defense <laughs> of our fans. Do we all? Let's be. Uh, Go ahead, Caleb. I've, I've dubbed it the uh, Great Smoke War of 2018. <laughs> Is, isn't there a part of you that kind of hopes Friday there are a few fans on the roof that you step outdoors and, you know, like, let's. Let's have some fun with it. Are you going to put your fan out? Maybe want to get your neighbors to do it too? Uh, I think it would be hilarious if people actually got on their roofs with fans. Uh, I think that hopefully they know it's a joke and they're just being silly, but you never know. Do you know that the Post calls for every person in Spokane to put at least five box fans on on the roof? Do you have five box fans? Uh, I do not. <laughs> I have we just have the we just have the one. So I think that was kind of part of the deal too. Now can you uh, confirm or deny the fact that Home Depot or one of these large box uh, big box outlets had put you up to this just to sell box fans? <laughs> uh that definitely not. Uh like I said I I never would have guessed in a million years that this would have gotten to this point. You were But you- uh, I I might have to I'm going to have to make some calls to some fan companies now and see what we can figure out. Hey, at least get one more fan for your home. You only have one, so get a couple more. Yeah. See what you can do. <laughs> on your Facebook post, you added that, you know, you like people just while well, they read this. Think about the animals that are in the smoke. Think about the food banks, the people who are, might be out of their homes. And so there might be some good that comes, besides a laugh, there might be some good that comes out of all of this. Right. So initially, like I said, I never expected any kind of public response. So actually the second day that the event was online uh, we started noticing how quickly it was being shared so my friend hannah that um, was there when we made the event she goes hey i found these resources uh, for ways that people can help in canada so why don't we put those on the page now that it's getting attention maybe we can do something i'm like that's a great idea let's do it so has there been any have how have people been responding to those links that you've posted do you have any idea uh, I've seen a few people on there that say they have donated and that they plan to donate. Um, there's not really any way for me to keep track of who is actually donating, but I- I'm hopeful that people actually will. Well, hey, Caleb, thanks a lot for joining us, and uh, we appreciate uh, the sense of humor that you've put into this post. I had a good laugh when I first read it, uh, especially where you said, <laughs> after much deliberation and mathematical calculation, we have figured out that it is absolutely possible for us to blow this smoke away. So. <laughs>
<laughs> Good put, for you, man. Put signs behind it. People silly, will believe but, it. Uh, yeah. People believe it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Caleb, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate the time this morning. Okay, thank you. Caleb Moon joining us from Spokane, Washington, the man behind this box fan campaign, Blame Canada for All the Smoke. I had to do some math. Uh-oh. Of course. <laughs> right? I saw the calculator there. I because, thought, what is Greg figuring out? Well, I'm figuring out, okay, is this going to be a, a like an absolute bonanza for the electrical company in Spokane, Washington? <laughs> Only if anyone digs this seriously, but yeah, sure. <laughs> let's, 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 let's go, go with that it. premise. And then also suggest uh, maybe they're going to blow the, the power grid. That's what I was thinking. So I did a little bit of math based on what a typical box fan consumes times five, times 550,000 people. That's not even customers. Uh, really, I don't think it'll even put a dent in it. It's a, it'll take up about 12 kilowatt hours worth of, uh, no, 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 12 cents a kilowatt hour. Anyway, uh, bottom line, this might cost $8,000 worth of electricity to do this for an hour. So I think we're okay. Where did you figure this out? Uh, it's uh, rapidtables.com, and you can oh. put in a bunch of stuff. I figured it out at about 66,000 kilowatts that they would use over that amount of time, it's a fan takes very little energy. It's about po- 0.6 of a watt. Wow. Or they times could just, five times 550,000. Just wait for a nice strong wind. Yeah, I think. Save yourself some cash. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. Well, and that's what's happening this week. He even said the smoke is starting to clear out because they are getting uh, westerly wind, I believe, this week. That should push it all away, but still, it's a funny gag. I've told him to send some pictures if he gets those folks on the roof. (laughs) Even just one. I want to see. I'm picturing like the say anything scenario, you know, where he stood with the ghetto blaster over his head, (laughs) John Cusick, but more with just a fan (laughs) over their head. You'd be the one, I hate to be the one person. I remember this very similar, well, similar thing in the sense that I was the one guy. It was the Saturday before Halloween, and I I guess it was Halloween on the Monday or two, I don't remember. But point is, went to the bar, so I dressed up in costume because I thought people would be dressed up in costume, and no one was dressed up in costume. <laughs> you were the only I one. I was the only one, and I was committed because we got to the bar. What were you? I was Mankind, the wrestler, you know Mick what? Foley. Great Have conversation nice piece. Uh, I was so embarrassed, <laughs> and uh, I'd already had too much by the time I got there, so I was just panicked. Was it a successful evening? No, it wasn't. No? All right. (laughs) Crashed and burned hard. (laughs) The Start On Demand is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.